beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. I'm Jayev. And we are your Oscar Gramsons. <laughs> Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Thursday show, Acting Direct, where we talk about uh, the filmographies of Oscar winning actors who decided to take their turn behind the camera. And what are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching a film from Whoopi Goldberg. She presents a documentary on Moms Mabley called I Got Something to Tell You. I don't know why my brain went to I Got Five on it. Again, I don't know. <laughs> I, I keep predicting what you're going to say today, Zach. I, I got know. something to tell you. <laughs> oh, I got juicy tip. <laughs> <laughs> I got Reese's big cup with Reese's puffs. Ooh. Ooh. Dude. Beautiful. I had a conversation. Now we're, we're going to get off track here for a second. Look, because I got to bring this up. Okay. I was talking to somebody and I'm like, bro, every year they come out with a Reese's where they stuff something. Up. And you know what? Mm-hmm. They had pretzels. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm down with the pretzels. Right. Then they had chips. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Then they come out with, you know, our cereal. <laughs> That's based off of our Reese's. Well, we're going to take the Reese's puff cereal that's based off Reese's and then put them in the Reese's that the Reese's puff cereal is based off of. Yep. I, I'm convinced that was a pandemic idea. They were just like, well, we got laying around. Let's stick I'm, it in there. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's only a matter of time before they come out with Reese's puff cereals that have little peanut butter cups <laughs> in them. Yep. Look, yep. it might be a hat on a hat, but it is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> But with that, what? this is everybody's first time seeing Moms Mabley. I got something to tell you. It <laughs> is. It is for me. It's his first time ever hearing of uh, Moms Mabley. Oh, aka Moms Mainly. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I realized who she was later, but I wasn't as like familiar with her name right up. Um, mm. So that's why I flubbed it last time. Um, but yeah, so Whoopi Goldberg directed this, huh? Yeah. Which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. So Very exciting. Uh, because um, just before we segue into that real quick, I do want to say I saw a clip of this movie called The Deep End of the Ocean. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. And I was like, bro, I got to see this movie because Whippy Goldberg looks absolutely incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Yeah. And it's got Michelle Pfeiffer in it, too. So I'm well, like, you just can't go Michelle wrong Michelle Pfeiffer. Isn't that a... That's a book, isn't it, I think? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. This was a fairly recent film, right? No, I, uh, 1999, so no. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I know that it's based on a book, but I don't know if the book is based on real, a real situation. Because it sounds like it could be a real situation, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. honestly, the story itself sounds like a Lifetime movie plot, hmm. to be honest with you, as far as, like, what the gimmick is behind it. So, right. But yeah, Whippy's great, man. I love Whoopi Goldberg, and I hate the show that she's on now, but I love Whoopi Goldberg. There you go. Well, um, as a fan of Whoopi Goldberg myself, I'm going to transition us into, a, I'll start saying, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down! 
<laughs> Too much Reese puffs in your Reese's. <laughs> well, I, I was I was going to go on a tangent, a little bit of a tangent here, but I wanted to use the Oscar breakdown as a segue to to discuss how Whoopi Gold, why we're covering Whoopi Goldberg as a director. Okay. Mm-hmm. So her Oscar breakdown, the fact that Whoopi Goldberg is now the fir- the first EGOT winner that we are covering on Acting Direct. Mm-hmm. And the, well, not Oscar breakdown, because this wasn't a theatrical release, the awards breakdown of this. And I'm going to do it all in that order. Okay, here we go. So, with that segue, um, Whoopi Goldberg. She is a uh, stand-up comedian who as she says in this, doesn't really consider herself a stand-up comedian. But she was a comedian who became an actress, and her first big role, and pretty much first lead role, was in uh, Steven Spielberg's Color Purple, mm-hmm. which she gets her first Academy Award nomination for. Uh, but loses. You know, I should have looked at this thing. That's not the right year, is it? It sure is. 86 or 85? Uh, the the 85 awards, the 86 ceremony. Okay. And she loses to Geraldine page for the trip to bountiful. Okay. Which I don't even know what that is. So honestly, I have not seen that either. That just shows you how well that age versus the color purple. Right. And the color purple, which on our, on our best picture episode that we covered, uh, I think we all agree that that should have won best picture. Whoopi should have won Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pretty much should have swept. Spielberg should have won Best year. Director. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Now yep. is Spielberg directing the new Color Purple musical? No. No. Okay. But he's executive producer. I'm going to assume. I can't imagine Probably. he doesn't have involvement mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and if he's executive producer, it might be under Amblin. So Amblin along. So. um with that, that was her first Academy Award nomination, her second and final Academy Award nomination so far. Uh, she wins in 1990 Best Supporting Actress for Ghost, Ghost, which she is incredible. And I love that performance, and I love that movie. Good movie. So that's where we are with Whoopi Goldberg as an Academy Award nominee and or winner. Mm-hmm. As I said, she is our first EGOT that we are covering on here. And being the first black woman to EGOT, uh, she gets her, her, let me see this, her Academy Award is the first one of the four that she wins. Mm-hmm. She follows up in 86 by winning Best Comedy Album at the Grammys. Wow. And it, she, Not bad for a ni- non-standard. 96 movie. or? 86. Oh, so that came first. Yeah, no. Uh, Color Purple came first. Oh, oh, oh. Hold on. So the ceremony for the Oscar. Okay. So, okay. So technically, yes, she won her best comedy album, I guess, on uh, February 25th, 1986. (laughs) And she wins her first Academy Award on March 24th, 1986. So, so yes, her Grammy does technically come first, but her perform, but I don't know. Sorry. If you want to go back, she was nominated. She didn't win that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. My, My bad. Okay. I'm I'm living in I'm in I I went and lived in the correct timeline for a couple of minutes here. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, look at me. Okay. So yes, Beautiful. you are correct. Beautiful. 1986, she wins her Grammy first. Comedy uh, for, album. Her best comedy album for Whoopi Goldberg original Broadway show recording. 
she would get nominated in 1989 for Best Comedy Album for Fontaine, Why Am I Straight? Well, but she does not win. So yes, then she follows that up with her win in 1990 for Ghost, her Academy Award. Uh, and then 2002, she gets both her Tony and Emmy. Oh, look at that. Same year. Same year. Uh, uh, for her Tony, she wins Best Musical, Thoroughly Modern Millie. So I assume she must be a producer on that if she's winning Best Musical. Okay. Uh, she would also be nominated for uh, 2005 Best Special Theatrical Event for Whoopi, the 20th anniversary show. And in 2011, she gets nominated for Best Musical a second time for Sister Act. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to go as in-depth on her on her Emmy nominations because she's been nominated for quite a handful of both primetime and daytime Emmys. Mm-hmm. But in 2002, she wins best outstanding special, special class special or beyond Tara, the extraordinary life of Hattie McDaniel. Oh, nice. So here she is again, uh, covering the history of black women in entertainment by covering another Academy award winner for best supporting Actress, the first black woman to win the that Academy Award, Hattie McDaniel. Insane. Yeah. Uh, she would also win in 2009 for Outstanding Entertainment Talk Show Host for The View. Now, uh, she has been nominated for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 daytime Emmys winning, or 16 other daytime Emmys. Hmm. So 18 in general, a lot of them for Hollywood Squares and The View. She used to love Hollywood Squares. And she was always the center square, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think she was also a producer on that. Uh, and uh, she got nominated in 1991 for Outstanding Performer in a Children's Special for Captain Planet and the Planet Tears. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. And the winds keep coming. Uh, and then as far as her primetime Emmys, she's been nominated for one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and has not won a primetime Emmy. Oh my God. The Bruin score? No. <laughs> they just fucking lost. Uh, Insane. Sorry, Bastin. Uh, all right. So, of nine primetime Emmy nominations, two of them are for this, for this film. Oh, excellent. So in 2014, she gets nominated for Outstanding Documentary Special and Outstanding Narrator for Moms Mabley. I got something to tell you. I got something to tell you. And that is our awards breakdown. Excellent. Thoroughly modern breakdown. Okay. And and that was that everything that you said you were going to cover in order? That is exactly everything I said I was going to cover in order. Now let's talk about this film. This film. So was the tangent that or was the tangent... Yeah, that was, after this. Okay, that was the that tangent. Okay, that was the Okay. <laughs> um, I really think my only nitpick with this documentary is there really wasn't a lot of high quality people talking about her. Like, huh, when did this come out again? 2013. Okay, 2013. There's a lot of problematic. They, maybe they weren't problematic back then, but as no. it's aged. <laughs> You know, with Bill Cosby yeah. and Kathy Griffin and a little bit of Joan Rivers, like, 
And I get it. Like Joan Rivers is, you know, her girl, you know, but mm. you know, some of that stuff don't age well on yeah. the Cosby. very few limited amount of people that are on it. Crosby's right. allegations were out the next year. So it's like, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but you know, at the time, I mean, you, you have to have Bill Cosby and, a documentary that was released this time for his she relevancy. Also, she also had yeah. no black woman to talk about this woman. I oh. thought that was weird. No, she. I, was, I thought there's that, I thought there at least two women. that prominent ones. Oh, okay. I don't remember them. They aren't listed in the. Yeah, they were. They were more. They were more on the academic side. Yeah, there's like the his his oh, historical. Okay. The oh, one yeah, woman. Yeah, you're right. The one woman was like a professor at some university and. Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to look up here. Uh, Debbie Allen, who's in there? Uh, Yeah. But, you know, yeah, there was just a... I mean... It it was very sobering for me watching, you know, uh, just to talk about the people that she was speaking with, like Harry Belafonte, who just passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were watching him. And then Sidney Poitier, we just lost. And a couple years ago, Jerry Stiller. And, like, all of them gone. Just huge presences um yeah they presence <laughs> yeah but, um, especially especially i loved hearing from harry belafonte a lot because you know he's huge activist in his time and yeah uh I just having lost him was man that guy was he was something special yeah i think um i think this documentary does a great job of tying together you talking about moms mabley as a performer mm-hmm. and a, a comedian and then slowly transitioning to her importance as a as a civil rights figure and the content of her comedy and how it translated that it, it was they melded the two two uh dynamics very well i was impressed with that it didn't like abruptly change and make you feel like they're making it political because she was a yeah, right she was subtly well, political they well, any any time we're talking about people of color yeah, it's it's it has to be political because there's been such a they've been held down so hard you can't talk about these things and it's not quote unquote political. Yes, because, because we have we of, as a country have politicized black right, skin. Right. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you can't escape, and you know it's it's the whole like anytime a black performer is in anything anymore, suddenly it's woke, and it's right, like yeah. what the fuck does that even mean anymore? You're you're just using an empty word to say you don't want to see black people on screen. So you don't have to say that. Yeah. I saw a comment about something being woke today and it was literally just cause it had a black person in it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. Mm-mm. Right. But and, uh, yeah. So, so yes, trap with it, it. They are black skin is inherently political in this mm-hmm. country, which is such a shame. Um, the other thing too, and it's crazy because obviously this wouldn't happen today is how they just really have no information on her like when they're kind of breaking it down they're like we know for a fact she was born here and we know for a fact this was kind of her upbringing but we actually don't really know her real name like if that's actually her real name or if that's also a fake name opposed to her stage name which is a fake name and they just don't know anything Mm -hmm. about this woman so just imagine somebody not having like documented stuff to be able to perform on these kind of shows nowadays. Yeah. Like it's just not happening. Just what a difference a hundred years makes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because 
Yeah, exactly. Like she, she could have been born in any number of circumstances being born a black woman in the South. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the government just didn't care about her. Right. So there's just no record of her. Yeah, like they have 1894 as a possible birth date, but it could have been maybe 10 years before that. Who knows? I mean, yeah, cause, yeah cause that, it's so funny that there's a rough estimate of we we know when she died. We're just not sure when she was born. Right. Right. Because, I mean, she uh, came up in vaudeville and some of the early stuff, early footage they were showing of her in the 20s and 30s. She, I mean, that know, was not, crazy not, footage. Not, not to pass judgment on the way she looked, but she looked like a 30 and 40 year old woman already. And, right, yeah. yeah. No, and that was crazy footage that they were yeah. showing. Like, how often do you actually get to see footage from back then that isn't like a Hollywood film or something? So that right. was pretty crazy to see. I don't even know how they got their hands on something like that, to be honest with you. That definitely took some resources. So that was really cool to see stuff like that from back then. Yeah, it, it honestly makes me wonder what the Apollo archives look like if right, we, yeah, we get yeah, this yeah. photo. Oh, yeah. Because that's... That's beautiful. <laughs> and yeah. obviously when we were coming up, the Apollo is already like a thing. Like Right. And and Showtime show at the Apollo on television is, and, is on TV and Right, yeah. I mean, like I, I remember watching the night that uh that ODB announced that he was gonna be big baby Jesus from now on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to see Maya in the ghetto superstar performance because Oh man, and we don't talk about Praz anymore. Yeah. What a yeah. goal for Praz, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was a finely made documentary, though. Just wish yeah. there was more um, black woman comedians to talk about another black woman comedian, I guess is really what I was trying to say earlier. Um, especially since, you know, you could have had like Monique up there. Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's a lot of prominent, obviously that's a small list, but yeah. You know, there's yeah, prominent black woman that you could have had on there that they just didn't for whatever reasoning. I just yeah. would have liked to see more of more of that instead of Kathy Griffin. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> just you, uh, Whoopi Goldberg using the connections she already has right, instead of right. <laughs> reaching out to younger generations. But I mean, I I do like that she she does bring some academic black women into the conversation that that have a lot a lot to say about the history of things. Yeah. Not, then, not uh, just the not just the influence. Sorry, Zach. No, no, you're fine. I was gonna say, yeah, that rounds out you you have lots of the comedic people, you know, the people who knew her and the people who were influenced by her, and then the academic side to get all those different perspectives and ties it together with a nice neat bow. And it is a you know, it's a straightforward kind of presented documentary, but I really like uh, how they included like the animations and the and the the captions and the things because you know <laughs> a lot of these recordings are older and moms had that voice that sometimes it's a little it takes them a second to hear what she's saying so I appreciated the captions which really helped um, clear up some of the grainy um, audio and stuff yeah <laughs> also too it's so funny because my kid's mom's mother she also has dentures so. I mean, I, if I'm over at her house, oh, there's a lot of times she just doesn't have her teeth in. And it was so <laughs> funny to see her perform without teeth. 
and like mm. me recognize that as a thing <laughs> because right. I've seen her not have her teeth in and have full conversations with her. And she's the only person I've ever met ever that have had no teeth that I've ever had a conversation with. <laughs> so it was crazy to see her perform on stage with no teeth. Right. And I, I'm, I keep thinking about, um, you know, Eddie Murphy, he, he's such an extreme talent and, you know, I'm not always the biggest fan of a lot of his movies. I think, you know, a lot of them are pretty bad, but he, he always puts in <laughs> the, the energy and like, you know, that scene from the nutty professor. I mean, he like had her voice down. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I just pretty much stole mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a thing I didn't realize, you know, when the movie came out, because I didn't know mom's Mabley at the time, but you know, watching it now, it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I haven't really, I haven't seen that movie in probably a couple decades at this point And, uh, found out who mom's Mabley was after I'd seen the movie. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's that was fun. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking about how fire um, Nutty Professor Two soundtrack was, bro. Oh, that that <laughs> is true. That is that's true. A good one. Oh, the soundtracks cool. meant something. <laughs> oh, the '90s. Yes. Yeah, how nice but, it is! How nice is it to see Arsenio Hall in anything? Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, I always, I always get a little bit of joy whenever I see Arsenio yeah. Hall. He just radiates it. I mean, yeah, and he's so is he's so good, but God, his when he came back with the show, it was ass. I mean, it just <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, it's nice to see him. It's like eh, at least get quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed uh, a lot of the old footage of her going on the talk shows, and um, and they talked yeah. about you know her approach. You know, when you think about a lot of. Uh, Black comedians in America, they're usually um, dressed in a sharp, uh, handsome, attractive way. And they're, you know, intense in, in certain ways if they're if they're inherently, you know, making confrontational material like, you know, Chris Rock or um, somebody who would wear a suit. But they talked about, you know, her comfort and disarming outfit, which allowed her to get in with the white audiences. Mm. And, oh, look at this this cute lady who's going to tell us some jokes and then she'd, you know, she'd slide in the, the racial stuff like you know, <laughs> Roy Rogers horse and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> but you know, that, that's like when they talked about, you know, her being funny, but also so smart to do this stuff that the white audience, white audiences didn't really probably realize what was going on until the show was over or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then on on top of it, getting the the historical reference that she was apparently just an out lesbian. Yeah, and everybody was like, I mean, yeah. the the woman was like, I, I don't know what to call her homosexual because she was just mom, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's just who she was. Yeah. yeah, you saw her with a woman, you're like, okay, there's Mister Mom coming coming out of the show with the in what what they said like a shirt suiter they should take off the dress after the performance have her mm-hmm. pantsuit on and you know with a hat and two ladies on her arms <laughs> it's like go moms yeah that, that's <laughs> that is that is a world of confidence that you can exist in that time and just be like all right yeah have sex with women what, what you gonna do about it right. <laughs> you're gonna be mad at me yeah i got yeah. no teeth <laughs> 
Yeah. And, you know, they talk, I'm not going to touch too much on her, you know, traumatic upbringing, but I mean, they, uh, was it Arsenio or that said, you know, if uh, comedy comes from trauma, no wonder she was so. Yeah. Yeah. It was him. Yeah. That was a good line too. Yeah. Right. Um, shitty things happen. And that's probably, probably a lot of the reason why you don't have a lot of information on her growing up. Cause basically it sounded like her father, like just arranged her to marry this old man. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. what? 14. Is that what? Yeah. yeah. Terrible. But she turned it into, turned it into something good. The best you can out of something like that. And, um, uh, Meryl Streep once said, take your broken heart, and turn it into art. Mm-hmm. Damn bars. Bars. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I'll really just end what I got to say with highlight documentaries so far on, you know, we don't really cover documentaries on the other podcast, but highlight documentary that we've watched, even compared to Scorsese stuff that we've watched, this this was up in my upper documentaries we've watched on Mm -hmm. the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think this was a interesting one. Like I, I put it on the schedule because I wanted to cover Whoopi, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought it I turned out to be a, an interesting companion piece to what we covered last week. Mm-hmm. And also, I do just want to say something to just to go back to, um, you know, black skin tone and things being political and stuff like that. Okay. Dude, when you look at Whoopi's filmography you'll see that she's in like 227 films. So at the very least, and you look at her producer credits, it's five, it's seven. That really doesn't happen for a lot of white actors. Like once they, who's the dude from Dune? I, Timothy Chalmay. The mm-hmm. dude had like two hot movies and now everything he does, he's a producer on. And like, yeah. Obviously, Whoopi didn't get those producing opportunities, you know, so she's just turning in work to collect a paycheck. But yeah. most actors now, when they get on, I mean, they're producing their by the time they hit their fourth or fifth film, they're already producing their own films because yeah. they're hot commodities. Perhaps right. that I'm just really shows you the difference and For... being black and white and that air going into this air now. Right. For, for sure. And I, I don't know if I'm misspoken here, but is Timothy Chalamet also like a Nepo baby a little bit? Isn't, isn't, yeah, probably. I don't even know what that is. Meaning he has parents that are already in the industry or something like that. Or at least ultra-rich take, parents of some sort. I really <laughs> never take that to it's, – it's like saying my dad was a guitarist and now I'm – like we don't need to take away um, Wolfgang Van Halen's talent because his dad oh, no, is no. You know what I mean? So Just like, the opportunity to produce you know, say, I, Drew Barrymore's parents were involved in it, right? You know, no, Drew, Drew Barrymore's grandparents. Right. <laughs> and she's a great human being. You know what I mean? So like, Right. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't think yeah. – not to speak for Zach, but I don't think he was. No, no, no. I was just saying some, a lot of times, like you can't, like if your parents are rich, you know, it's like, well, that's no fault of mine. And you use those opportunities now to kind of, you know, help people. Um, yeah. People do hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hopefully. Yeah. There's the word. Hopefully. <laughs> yep. For sure. But yeah. And now I know what a Nepo baby is. Yeah. Yep. All right. Any other notes? No, I just, you know, recommend people to go watch this there's wonderful conversations 
lots of good insight, even from the problematic people. But you know, take that for what it is. All right. Uh, I just want to add the note back to uh, the awards conversation. The Golden Globes got it right. Golden Globes gave Whoopi Goldberg best actress in a oh, for Color Purple. Color Purple. Oh, nice. Just but she's in the new Color Purple too. Mm-hmm. I went and uh, just looked at it. Oh, cool. And and Spielberg is a producer on that. Swag. On the swag swag. Yeah, Color Purple. So yeah, good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we got oh. Sister Act Three coming out this year, so I just want to throw that in there. <laughs> is it the? Uh, well, not this year, but next year. Sorry. Is it the Die Hard team up I've been waiting for? Old Habits Die Hard. Mm. Could be. Mm. Apparently, be we're good. supposed to be getting a new Lethal Weapon with uh, what's his name? I don't what, know. Why the, I can't think of his name. Old, the old guys, Mel and. Yeah, Danny? Mel Gibson. Yeah, Mel. Mm. Oh, I was thinking oh, of Mel okay. Gibson, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do that then, I guess. I mean, not that I'm trying to pay to see Mel Gibson movies. Right. All right, then. Let's, uh... <laughs> Sorry, I, I got wrapped up uh, looking at the Wikipedia page for the Color Purple musical. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Movie adaptation. Was I, was I right about her being <clears throat> in it? Uh, Doesn't look like she's... She's not in this cast list, but she is a producer on it. Oh, okay. Or not... No, she's not a producer. Where did I see? Ooh, but her's gonna be in it. Oh, yeah, I love her. Oprah's a producer. David Allen Gear's gonna be in it. This is pretty oh, stuff. Dion Cole's in it. Elizabeth Marvel's in it. Oh, and Coleman Domingo's John playing Batiste Mr. Is in it. Yeah, uh, Oscar winner Lou Gossett Jr. Oscar winner John Batiste. Yeah. Uh the and it's starring cinema. Fantasia. Holy hell! Yeah. The cinematographer of Shape of Water, Dan Lauston's shooting it. Look at that. Ah, it'd be very green, purple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, production companies, Amblin Entertainment, yeah, Amblin, Harpo yeah. Films. Yes. All right. So I we're going to fully check that out. Yeah. Move into our work for Steve Josh. Trap. You, you, you. Where's the sitting on your Whoopi Goldberg rankings and uh, your overall rankings? Well, your boy gave it a four stars out of five. Really enjoyed this one. Um, good runtime, you know, just a little over an hour. I I really didn't rank any of these movies. So hmm. as the weeks go on, I kind of talk about where stuff on my ranking is, but I'd be forgetting. <laughs> so I don't even know where this would go. Right. But um, it's up there, though. You know, four stars. So they're probably in the middle of the pack somewhere. I really enjoy this movie. This document. It's just, this is our first documentary, too, for acting director, right? I think you're correct. Yeah. Uh, so, it was the best again. documentary on the podcast so far. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mr. McCoy. Zach. Hi. Uh, where's this sitting for you? All right. So I, I updated my letterbox last night to make sure I was in tune with the spoon or something. Um, but, you know, I, I love this. I, I learned a lot, and I like the presentation. Um, I gave it the Zach, you know, four and a half stars. Um, the only thing that held it back was I was kind of looking at my list, and I was thinking, is this the kind of documentary I'll go back and watch a bunch of times? 
I don't know. It, but it's great. It's excellent. Four and a half stars. I have it at my number four. So that puts uh, One Night in Miami and is finishing out the list at number one. Good night and good luck. Great debaters. And then this. So that's a solid top four for me that I like a lot. How about you, Mr. Workman? Uh, well, this is at the top of my Whoopi Goldberg rankings. Oh, yeah. Top yeah, of mine, right. too. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with Trav. I, I haven't been ranking these together that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it didn't. Yeah. Uh, but not, I think, yeah, I gave this five, because why the fuck not? doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a documentary on a podcast. It's getting five stars from Paul. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like... I like its simplicity. I like that it had the very specific goal of looking at uh, Moms Mabley's uh, reach and her inspiration on future generations more than like being an in-depth documentary about her life. Because, right, as I said, you really can't do one apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so. Uh, I, I think it's successful in what it sets out to do. It it mm-hmm. it educates you on an entertainer and lets you understand why that entertainer has reached so far a uh, hundred years later. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I think that's I think it's good. So absolutely, why not? Why not give it five? I just think uh, she she passed in seventy six. Yeah, Pass, you know. A decade before we're even born, mm-hmm. so just pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm the lasting I'm, legacy. I, I'm in single digits to when she's born, or when she <laughs> died to when I was born. Like that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna call it there. So, uh, Trav, let people know where they can find you on the media's social. Okay, the media socials. That's right. I am on the Instagram at zk. Audio, I'm on the Twitter and the TikToks, T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also on the letterbox, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And I know Paul brought up Evil Dead Rise. I saw it. it everything he said was correct. It was really fucking good. And mm-hmm. you're just on edge the whole the whole movie. Um, not my favorite in the series, but still really good. But I will say I got to watch an old one today. I don't know if you ever heard of a white bird in a blizzard. No. It's a Shailene Woodley film that came out in 2013. Oh. And uh, I really enjoyed this. Okay. Nice. So I like Shailene Woodley. Yeah, me me too. Um, I wish she was in more things. Yeah. Um, and she always makes me cry. She's really good at making <laughs> me cry. Damn her. Damn her. <laughs> But yeah, that was a nice little happy accident today. I watched it thinking that it said 2023, and it actually said 2013. And <laughs> I realized like 20 minutes into the film, but I was like, eh, fuck it, I'll still watch it. Mm, nice. Zach, where can people reach you? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, and Letterbox by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dressman on TikTok, where Justice Happy and I do all sorts of shark-related content. Uh, just released a Shark Tale video today. Oh. Uh, then you can follow me at Father of the Fear across Twitter and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. And I went and saw 
probably one of my favorite films of 2023 right now, uh, a little film called uh, Return of the Jedi. Ooh. Sounds weird. Released in 2023. Yeah, it was. Uh, apparently, like there's two, movie or something. apparently there's two more that came before this that I may have missed. Oh, That's like Sorry a religious that. Jesus thing, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was going to be a little more religious. There was a lot of teddy bears. Uh, <laughs> Killing space Nazis. It was weird. Nice, weird film. Uh, but on a more uh, on uh, a more, I actually saw a film from 2023 today. I watched Operation Fortune Rouge de Guerre. Oh yeah, what the guy, the guy Ritchie film? Guy Ritchie film. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's essentially like Guy Ritchie doing Guy Ritchie's version of a Mission Impossible film. <laughs> okay. It works and it doesn't at the same time, and I had a good time watching it. <laughs> Which is weird because this he came out with two films this year. I don't know if that's a COVID thing of something getting pushed back. Or- yeah, I think this was supposed to come out last year at some point. So I, I think he was working on that one that just, right. I think it came out this week or it comes out yeah, next the, week. Uh, the Covenant or The Covenant, yeah, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I watched it. it Bussy full I, of beans. <laughs> yeah. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant eats all the scenery. Uh-huh. And <sighs> yeah, I I think Hugh Grant's becoming a topic more because of Dungeons and Dragons, maybe. Right. Um but I'll tell you what, man, I really enjoy Hugh Grant on screen. As yeah. a person, not so much. I mean, everything I see him do as far as interviews, and he just seems like a fucking dick. And I'm like, dude, this guy's a jackass. Like an Recently, absolute sure. snob. <laughs> I yeah. like I, I liked it at the Oscars, though. It worked. But I, I, I don't really condone being rude. And, Hold on. When she asked yeah. him about whatever film he's in, I would I wasn't even in that film, but he was in it for like a short amount of time. I don't remember what it was. Well, he, Completely rude to this nice, nice lady. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just like, I'm, I'm here, whatever. I don't, I don't care. And then he got up on stage and called himself a wrinkled ball sack or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he has been kind of dickish lately. Yeah. He's just an old grouchy ass man. Like, yeah. Goddamn, if he isn't fucking in great behind I just, camera. I just fucking love watching him chew every bit of scenery in every film he's in these days because <laughs> not only is he not only is he just picking some really interesting roles he's also just doesn't give a fuck and he's having oh, a great time at everything yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what's so crazy is that i feel like the kickstarter that was he was potentially going to replace charlie sheen on two and a half men and that just <laughs> would have been absolutely bonkers like bonkers. i can't envision it in my head <laughs> i may have i may have actually finally watched an episode of two and a half men if hugh grant would have stepped into that i always watch two and a half man for the kid yeah because i just really enjoyed him as a Mm. kid Uh, all right well well zach what are we watching next week well we're putting a pin in acting direct we've finished the run for now oh so we're gonna take a week off catch up on the main series take a breath Refresh with a new director, one Akira Kurosawa. And Paul, what are we going to call this? I believe we're going to be calling this miniseries Thurasawa. 
Very nice. Absolutely incredible. I don't know how you come Puns. up with these. Puns, they are in my head. <laughs> but the the first film we're going to cover, I believe, is Sanshiro Shugata. And it's on Plex I for free. Free. So, so check that out. A free, a free Plex account and watch this film. Yeah. I think it's on more than Plex, though, too. I want to say it's also on Freebie and... Um, all those bad boys. Probably. To be. Usually if it's on one, it's on like all four. Mm-hmm. From what I find. Because they're just free. So, uh, you know, they're just up yeah. for grabs. Why wouldn't they put them on there? You know, Probably. Stuff Google's they- just saying Plex. It does say Amazon Prime too, but that's a, it. probably it's somewhere else too. Yeah. If you want to rent it, I'm I'm sure Akira Kurosawa would love the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cast he has a lot of use for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is one I've never seen. Not to give too much. Not to show my hand, as Zach would say. <clears throat> yes. All right. Well, let's get into thanking Trav for producing our show. We catch Trav over on our sister podcast, Loving Up the Banks. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme songs. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscorsipod and on Facebook, the Oscorsi Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm of five stars for moms. We love you, moms. Uh, so, for Trap, Zach, and Moms Mabley, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day.